0: At all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, from the Carl Sagan and Andrian Theater at the Center for Inquiry in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Straten. Thank you, everybody. Oh, my
1: goodness. They really came alive. Yeah, they did. Oh, thank you all so, so much for being here. Helen Hong, how are you? I'm very,
0: very well. You seem in
1: very good spirits.
0: I am in good spirits. Uh, As you know, J. Keith, a few episodes back, I mentioned that I was planning to get... My first plastic surgery.
1: I do recall that we we tried to to rally against you. Did it work? Not against you personally, but against your doing so. I should say.
0: Well, um, I it's not. It wasn't technically a surgery. Like uh, I didn't I didn't go under and have a like a, somebody cut me open. What I had was a procedure where they inject uh, lab-made stomach acid in <laughs> into your under chin waddle. Well, into my under chin waddle. That
1: sounds worse than I think we all would have imagined.
0: And. And so I did that I got that done like just before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. so that I would have some downtime. Right? You know, over the turkey holiday that no I one, noticed you
1: wearing a lot of turtlenecks I uh, had, in, yeah, yeah. in the last few because weeks. Because what
0: happens when you inject stomach acid into your underchin waddle is that your underchin blows up like job of the hut for a week. So for a whole week I was bru- bad, very badly bruised and I had this giant underchin and I felt very job of the hut um, and I was wearing a lot of turtlenecks and a lot of track jackets zipped all the way up. But, uh, but now it's been like almost three weeks, and it's been shrinking steadily, and I feel like, I feel pretty good. I feel like in another two weeks, I will be able to cut glass with
1: my jawline. <laughs> and, and that I, was your goal from the get-go. Yes, I'm so Congratulations, excited. Congratulations, Helen. I'm so excited. Ellen. Yes, why not? <laughs> Applause for elective procedures. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, that reminds me, I've been meaning to do this for a while on the show, is to give some updates to things that we have talked about at the top of the show that that people have been inquiring about. The first thing I want to mention is about over a year ago, I mentioned that uh, after one of our tapings, I was on my way to Australia. Yes, I remember that. You had your
0: bag with you, and you were on your way to the airport immediately after the show.
1: Exactly. And one of my goals, if not the goal of that trip, was I wanted to go scuba diving so that I could see the leafy sea dragon, my favorite creature on earth aside from my cats. It's an amazing creature. I described it before. Before. It's as if a seahorse and kelp mated and had a <laughs> devil baby. Uh, it, you can't believe that this thing exists. Anyhow, so so people have been tweeting me once in a while as they're catching up on old episodes wondering if I ever did get to see it. And I got to see it. Yay! It was, uh, it was. It was. It took a lot of effort. So the first dive, I uh, went down with a guide, and we didn't see it. We were down there for about forty-five or fifty minutes. Wow, pulled, that's murky. a long,
0: long, but long dive.
1: Didn't didn't see it. Then we get back up, and, and uh, we're we're changing tanks, and he's saying, "I don't think it's going to happen." You know, do you want to just let's oh just no. maybe we'll, let's just do this one dive? You're like, like, I've only flown across yeah.
0: the entire planet.
1: Yeah, it was to make about uh, exactly. I I flew you know eight thousand miles, drove another couple hours out to this thing. It's like I I. I understand, I accept that we may not see this, but I, wanted, I want to leave knowing at least that I gave it our best effort. So even though he discouraged me, we went in again, and he's like, okay, well, if you really want to, we can, we can swim out for, for uh, about a mile here and then uh, take a right turn here, and then you know, we'll only be able to stay down for a little while with all that air we're going to use, but if you really want to do it, and I was like, yes, I really want to do it. So we did the thing. We swam out a mile. We went, t- took that right turn, went down there, and we're down there for a while, and we're having to, to navigate around. It's, a, it's an old pier that had collapsed, and so we're having to navigate Around these sharp, uh, sharp jagged edges and Yikes, all that. this
0: sounds dangerous. Oh yeah,
1: no, I'm I'm a big deal. Um, and uh, I'm I'm kind of an adventurer. I don't know if you know this about me. I, a lot of people, as soon as they look at me, they think, "Jake Keith, you're the outdoorsy type, aren't you?" Always gets a laugh. Um, and then, uh, son of a gun, the uh, the the guide starts flashing his light at me and points it in one way, and there's a leafy sea I dragon did! right there. It was it was. Yeah, and I had a little GoPro that I borrowed from a friend, and if if you could have heard the audio uh, of me speaking instead of just of you know, blue, 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 <laughs> it would have me be going like, holy <laughs> holy s***, <laughs> it's there, it's there. And then I also, I'm not going to lie, I did a little bit of this kind of happy clapping. <laughs> happy uh, clapping yes. underwater. So thank you for those who've a- a- asked and, and followed wow. up on that. Uh, uh, looks like we both had very successful procedures. I
0: mean, <laughs> like, like, Jake Keith got to see a leafy sea dragon, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a jawline like Henry Cavill. <laughs> Guys,
1: guys, it's a happy time. Th- things are really looking good for us for 2020. <laughs> Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first?
0: She is a comedian, writer, and animator who co-hosts the Cast podcast. It's
1: Jamie Loftus! Jamie Loftus! <laughs> Hi, Jamie. Welcome, Jamie.
0: Having,
2: uh,
1: shaking hands, bringing a soda pop, I'm y- doing everything. You're doing everything. Doing, it,
3: doing there's the a, most. There's
1: both a tote bag and uh, and is there a, is there a bag also on this shoulder is there, as well?
3: Yeah, I've got two bags going. Two oh my bags. God, you're wearing you're any given get- time, camo overalls. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Cool. The, the absolute most. <laughs> yeah, you are
1: the absolute most. Well, uh, Helen mentioned, of course, that you host uh, the Bechdel Cast podcast. It's I do. A, it's a it's a podcast about uh, movies from a feminist angle. Is that safe to say? Yeah,
3: we yeah. take a famous movie every week and bring on a guest whose favorite movie it is. Usually we kind of tear it apart mm-hmm. from a feminist perspective. That's Sometimes it. movies do great. Oh, that's good. So you put but it through the Bechtel test? We d- To start, and then we just kind of look at like how, what are like tropes that are affecting usually the female characters or giving like a modern perspective on older movies that are, you know, 90% of the time written by men who don't know how to write female characters. Yeah, yeah. we're dumb. Yeah. We don't know anything
1: about you What's no, So
3: remind us again what the Bechdel test is. It's sometimes called the Bechdel-Wallace test too, but it's it was invented by cartoonist Alison Bechdel in the 1980s, and it requires that any piece of media has two female-identifying characters with names that talk about something other than a man for two lines of dialogue. And, and about what
1: percentage of movies would you say oh pass boy. that test?
3: It's gotten better, but mm-hmm. still less than half mo- uh, of crazy. movies pass the test. Well, yeah. my
0: favorite genre is science fiction. And I'm sure among science fiction, it's probably like a point oh 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 two percent Unless you count Alien... And Sigourney yes. Weaver talking with Veronica Cartwright, Cartwright Former about guest
1: the, show. the alien. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> which
1: oh right. Now would that count as talking yeah. about a man?
3: Well, uh no, I don't is the it, is it alien gendered? Yeah. Female? It is oh female. Oh it's a female.
1: Yes! Yeah. Oh, good job. <laughs> good job, so, Helen. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's you a feminist have, text.
1: You yeah. <laughs> uh, You have an interesting rating system that you use on the show.
3: We do. We use a nipple scale. Okay. Ah!
1: <laughs> From zero to two.
3: Zero to no, zero to five. Oh, of it's, course. It's a bit of a body horror scale. So yeah, we uh, at the at the end of every episode, after we talked everything out, we rate it on a two scale and a half ladies, one to five nipples, one yeah, to five nipples. <laughs> two and, oh, and a half nice. ladies. Yeah. Uh, are,
1: are there uh, are there movies that you've watched that people wouldn't think of as being feminist movies that you're uh, happy to discover are Ooh. or have a more of a feminist angle?
3: Yeah, I think that I'm, I'm always pleasantly surprised by it. my favorite childhood movie was Titanic, and it does way better than you think it
1: would. <laughs> really? I felt, I felt so much because I was I mean, like. it is the lady that ends up on the floating door.
3: She lives. She doesn't even offer him <laughs> <a> opportunity <laughs> to get on the door. Like, it's I was so, so, so happy that it held up because I'm going to continue watching it regardless. That's <laughs> oh my God, I'm shocked by that. Isn't it good?
1: Yeah. And, and I'm Billy Zane's by that. in it.
3: Billy Zane, my king, Billy Zane. Is in it. <laughs> I love Billy Zane so much. And he's so good in that movie. He's so good.
1: As a writer, you've done a lot of writing for different outlets, Playboy, Vice, The New Yorker. Some of the things that you've written about a lot that I have really enjoyed are these immersive experiences where you put yourself through something and then write it.
3: Yeah, I love to feel pain. <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> like what? Like what? Uh, I just finished up a project where for about a year and a half I was interacting with Mensa. It started as a joke, and then it got pretty scary. Mensa, the geniuses, the genius club. Oh yeah, uh, where I they, I was sent out on an assignment to take the test as a joke, and then I you know wrote about it, and then I ended up just squeaking in, <gasps> and then I wrote an article called "Ha Ha, Dumb Sluts Can Get Into Mensa." <laughs> <laughs> and- they did not like that. Oh, no.
1: and <laughs> the I, dumb part of the slut the, part?
3: The, they were, I don't know. Maybe it was the pairing of the two. Uh, maybe yes. it would have been okay if we they were just one. You need to have one. a sense I of I humor, Mensa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're not a very chill group of yeah. people. Yeah, well, it got actually kind of exactly.
1: seriously not... Cool. It got yeah, yeah it got co- it got pretty bit.
3: intense. Um, I just finished making a podcast about the whole thing just because it became so much. But um, yeah, it, it went on to be they have like these secret Facebook groups that kind of get a little bit for channy and the way that they will target people. Mm. And all these groups were, like, owned and operated by Mensa. Mm. And so I was like, hey, th- people are threatening to kill me. They're like, it's crazy, right? Like, they just <laughs> <laughs> didn't really have any interest in doing it. So it just, like, is this, like, bureaucracy hellhole that I got, like, sucked into that sort of culminated in uh, last July. I went to Phoenix for the 4th of July for, like, three days to go to this big Mensa convention. And everyone was so mad at me. Wow. so mad. wow so
0: even a genius level IQ cannot save you from broism no no, no. and in fact it makes you uniquely qualified
1: wow <laughs> well honestly though how smart could they be if they're having a convention in Phoenix in July
3: exactly right it's ridiculous yeah
1: uh, last thing I wanted to ask you about this year you took a one woman show of yours to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival I did yeah uh, how many performances do you do at a Fringe Festival like that
3: you do uh, I did three previews and then 26 official nights on, yeah so you're doing it's like it a whole month it there in the summer. It's brutal, yeah. Yeah, it's intense. And you're performing in what is basically like a refurbished um, storage contain- container. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where they're like, it's technically a theater, but it's mostly a shipping <laughs> container.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> Do, yeah. Just ignore that shrimp smell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
3: exactly. It smells and and moisture is easily trapped inside, but it's, you know, it was great.
1: That's cool. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I've had friends who've done shows there, and one of the things that people don't understand until they get there is how intense it is, that it is it is not Curated festival. Anyone who submits Mm -hmm. something—not to say that you know yours was not wonderful—not
3: qualified. No, but one of the
1: challenges is that you have to set yourself apart from people who are who are not as artistically wonderful. So how how do you do that? How did how did you find the marketing of your show there?
3: Ooh, it was so my the show was about poking fun at like Lean In feminism, which Mm -hmm. I find to be very like goofy and uh, self-serving. Thank you for that. Oh yeah, I know, brave of me. (laughs) (laughs) But I just it's it's all making fun of that, and so it's this kind of. Elizabeth Holmesy character who is, like, talking to people about uh, how to be a feminist, but she's actually actively trying to steal the audience's data from them the entire (laughs) time. That's great. Um, And trying to um, to get them to put surveillance cameras in their homes. So we had the people who were flowering for us, these very nice Scottish teenagers, carrying around these, like, uh, little camera devices that I made. And so that, because you have to just do so much to get people to want to go. Uh, So we had these little, we sent out surveillance teenagers drones out <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a good tip helps. for good tip for all you people looking to market a show yeah, and uh, it's a show that you're going to be touring again uh, here in the states
3: yeah i'm going to be doing it in uh san francisco and new york and philadelphia in uh, february what's awesome. it called what's it called yeah. it's called boss whom is girl
0: boss whom is girl boss whom is girl nice. yeah you can't say
1: girl boss it's trademarked <laughs> <laughs> right
0: so, well, oh
1: yeah. okay uh excellent well we're so happy to have you thank you so much for joining us Hi, it's jamie loftus Helen, against whom will Jamie be competing tonight?
0: He is an author, speaker, writer, actor, host, and comedian who hosts the podcast, Can I Help You? with Dr. Craig Shoemaker. It's Craig Shoemaker! Craig
4: Shoemaker! (laughs) Welcome, Welcome, sir. Please have a seat there. Thank you for making me feel at home here. It's actually better than my home. I don't walk into applause. You don't? Oh. <laughs> I have four kids. I walk in. I walk, in, they turn their chairs like the judges on The Voice. Yeah, Dad <laughs> that, that, That's quite an elaborate system you got there in your living room. Right? <laughs> Tell you how much I'm what I have. A little daughter, a five-year-old. She met a cat down the street. She goes, Mommy, I want a cat. My wife says your dad's allergic. My daughter goes, let's get another dad. Thank you. Uh, for-
1: you describe the comedy that you do as comedy for the soul. What does that mean to you?
4: Well, my name's Shoemaker, so the soul, you get it. Uh- <laughs> Can I tell you something? I did not get it until just this moment. <laughs> maybe, I was living
1: with—I was looking at your website and, and doing all this research all week, and it did, never even occurred to me. Well,
3: I—it's wow. it's
4: a combination because my career just took a whole other path. Yeah, it's, it well, just let's talk has, about that because I, I it's a more lot of purposeful. People... You know, the comedy's more purposeful. Yeah, well, As a lot matter of people... fact, you already yeah. took all my. I'm a feminist myself. I, I was mm-hmm. raised by all females. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first shave was with an epilady. It's some called an epilady. Yeah. I said, my dad left when I was born. Something I said, Wow, He was gone. Wow. And uh, so, I, anyway, I became a feminist, and so, so we're actually supposed to be opposed to one another. Yes. But, um, <laughs> I'm all for you winning here. Oh. Wow. That, <laughs> that I believe, is fifth wave t- feminism. I'm not, <laughs> sure what, I'm not sure what that
1: is.
3: Galaxy brain feminism. Yeah.
1: People knew you for a long time from your stand up as the Love Master. Yes. That was, a, that was a persona that you had a character that you Anti feminist, yes. An, a little more anti feminist. Well, yes. he was,
4: you know, he's a character that channeled through me because uh, I was a geek in high school and all, all the girls would use the F word with me friend. I was always the friend. <laughs>
1: We have a lot we can discuss on that. It's the
4: very same topic, yes. Yeah, so I, I gave them what they wanted. It was this bad Lithario guy, and uh, so it's a, a, it's a character that I do that channels through. Right. Me. Yeah. Well, it was
1: interesting because you wrote a book called Love Mastered, but it was a very interesting— it wasn't your typical sort of no. comedian book, uh, no. just sort of doing pieces of
4: your act. Tell us about this correspondence that you had that led to it. Yeah, I've been known as the love master and headlining comedian— I guess the, this fan reached out to me on Facebook, private message, and she, st- she said, I thought you want to know Matt and I are divorcing after 30 years of marriage. And something inside of me said, uh, reach out to her and share your experience because I went through an ugly divorce. I'm happily married now, but I, I'm also divorced. Uh, and uh, anyway, so I ended up sharing with her on Facebook my journey and then halfway through, I said, this should be a book, is our dialogue. And that's what the book is. It's wow. over a year's wow. time. Our dialogue going back and forth. And uh, So it's
0: your correspondent with, with, with one, one fan. Wom- with
4: one woman who I didn't know. She lives 3,000 miles away. And then something psychically told me that she would find uh, a spiritual man in her life to share her life with. And she said, no way. And sure enough, another guy I know who was in an abusive relationship, I fixed them up 3,000 miles away. And they're happily married now for no five way. years. Yeah. He is
1: the love master. Yeah. So
4: that's that's why it became. Wow. Yeah. Well, you, you actually did a now, mitzvah. A mitzvah thats a mitzvah. I've, as I've as Helen's a, people say. Yeah. Yes. I have fixed up nine marriages. What? So wow. That. Your yeah. mitzvah times nine. I know. I know. But none stayed together. So except oh. for them. No. No.
0: Craig, you know, I'm really single. <laughs>
4: Yeah, what about so fixing if, up Helen? Yeah, how, about a, want,
0: how about a 10th mitzvah? If you want a 10th mitzvah, oh, oh, I'm yeah. available. All with all you with 10, do, you I, get a, I, a, I, a, a you come a on my
4: podcast. My podcast is called Can I Help You with Dr. Yes. Craig Shoemaker. And, and I love helping people. It's a, it's a thing that I, I, re- I really dig doing. And I so need I, help. Helen. <laughs> well, it's going to take some coaching first, okay? okay. Oh, it's, it's not just...
0: See, this is where things fall apart. I'm, I'm <laughs> averse to coaching.
1: Well, tell us <laughs> more about what you do on the podcast. And just to go back, you actually got your doctorate.
4: Yeah, in I, what in humanities? Oh, uh, I, I really just uh, think that we're so much more than what we are. Our label—I hate labels. That's mm-hmm. what even in politics, when people get liberal or you know, right winger, it just doesn't do us any good. It's just going to divide us further rather than unify us as as human beings. Because we're all one on the planet, aren't we? I mean, we're all we're all one. And why are we trying to separate? Ourselves? I don't know about that guy, but yeah, most of us. <laughs> <laughs> we all go through the same angst and, and, and doubt and worry. And so I've studied this Both in real life mm-hmm. And you know A lot of tragedies Have happened in my life As well And how have I dealt with those And that's what I Like to share with people I mean I had a very difficult Childhood growing up And I used it on stage As a mask The mm. comedy was a mask
1: I cannot relate to that I have at no all. idea What you're no. talking
4: no. about What? <laughs> <laughs> I love that I'm revealing Who they are here <laughs> But uh
1: That's about right (laughs) Jakey love me daddy um, last thing I wanted to ask you about I think a lot of people would be surprised to learn that you have a credit on Broadway Uh, tell
4: us about what that show was that you were doing on Broadway well it was uh, your audience is so young they won't know who I'm talking about I
1: think a few of them might
4: Kenny Loggins does anybody know who Kenny is yes
1: wow
5: Yeah.
4: uh, I was touring with Kenny I was a kid in comedy uh, because my mom very much influenced me my goal is to sing on Broadway I want to be you know Javert in you sing I could do a lot better than Russell Crowe, and <laughs> it, it, like, it, it looked like he was falling asleep. Though he was like, <laughs> so tell so, us
2: about it. So, getting so uh,
4: Kenny, we uh, were touring together for a whole year, and we're opening on Broadway as my name on lights. And my family was coming up to see me, and uh, he says to me at dinner, he goes, Triss is sick. Can you sing bass?" No. And I swear, my voice went, yeah, I can sing bass. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And I, I ended up... <laughs> Meanwhile, the worst part about it is my Philadelphia friends came to see me, and they got drunk on the way there on the train. So I'm looking down the row, and there they are going, late to my show, going, yo, shoot, carrying tubs of beer. Tell them about the time you pissed your pants in Miss Kymel's class. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I so I did bass. I did bass, and and the guy was sick. He was sick all week, and I ended up uh, replacing him. You got to sing on Broadway. Broadway. What a wonderful story! Accidental sing. I still want to be in Les Mis. Well, we'll
1: see what we can do, which is which is very little. (laughs) It's wonderful to have you here. Wonderful to see you again, Mr. Craig Shoemaker. All right, Craig and Jamie, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Jamie, you said you know a lot about Chuck E. Cheese, Zambonis. And Alfred Molina, one of our more eclectic mix of topics, I have to say. Whereas, Craig, you said you know a lot about the Wizard of Oz, fatherhood, and fixing people. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics later on. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, music history. First up in music history, Jamie with music. Jamie, your question comes from a listener, John Lippitz of Baltimore, Maryland. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for a What's the Difference round, go to GoFactorPod.com and click on Get Involved. Jamie, they both honor excellence in music, but what is the difference between a Grammy Award for Song of the Year and for Record of the Year? Ooh. Song of the year and record I of the year. I
3: know this. Prove it. No. Okay, I, we'll take her word for it. Okay, Two points,
1: Ellen. Okay. She's no,
4: talking no. very slowly uh, as she's figuring it
3: out. <laughs> let me, I, I will guess that the difference is a song is truly just one song, mm-hmm. while a record could be more than one song. Period.
1: okay (laughs) we've got Jamie's answer she says she knows let's see if that actually is it but before we find out Craig what do you
4: think you have a chance to steal it's very close okay it's very close it's a one song Mm -hmm. as opposed to an entire album of several songs of several and that's what the other is so yes that's the difference
1: All right, well, this segment has become a broken record. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
0: Here are the facts. Song of the Year should really be called Songwriter of the Year because the award goes to the person or people who composed the music and lyrics. Record of the Year goes to the performers and producers and engineers who actually made the recording. Often, the performer on a winning recording also has a songwriting credit, so they'll give Grammy speeches in both categories.
1: That's right. In fact, the last time a song won... Song of the Year, but the performer was not also a songwriter, was in 2003. That's when the song Don't Know Why won the award for Song of the Year for songwriter Jesse Harris, but not for performer Nora Jones. But the same song won a Record of the Year award for Nora Jones, but not for Jesse Harris. Hmm. Why do they do it like that? Don't know why. Helen, what does that mean as far as our scoring goes? (laughs) Uh, zero points. I think that's correct. All right, still a valiant effort. Up next in music history, Craig with history. Craig, while they both indicate something happened in the past, what is the difference between historic and historical? Historic and historical.
4: Okay. Historical would be something uh, that um, has a repetition to it. Mm. And uh, the other one was historic? Yes. And that would be something that took place at a specific time. All right. Uh, We've got Craig's answer. We don't know yet if he is correct. Jamie, what do you think? I have no idea either. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll let you know in a couple minutes.
3: (laughs) Okay. I think, yeah, I think historic would mean for the first time, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: while historical would mean relating to history.
1: Relating to history. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I understand what you're saying historic means. I'm not quite getting what you mean by historical.
3: Mm, I think what I'm I'm saying is when I think of the word historical, I'm like, oh, it just probably means something old.
1: Just something old.
3: Yeah, something old uh, versus something that is happening for the first time. Got it. Jamie would make a great
4: parent, by the way. Good
0: stalling. Can, yeah, yeah, good stalling.
4: Exactly. Yeah. And, and I was believing her, whatever it is. I yeah. believe her, just like a child. <laughs>
0: I was believing her until I saw the lost look in her eyes. Yeah. yeah. As she <laughs> until was I asked for confirmation.
4: All right, let's
1: go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
0: Here are the facts. Anything that happened or was made in the past is historical. But if that thing that happened or was made in the past is of great importance, it becomes historic.
1: That's right. Now, something can be both historical and historic, like the signing of the Declaration of Independence or, hopefully, tonight's show. Helen, what does that mean as far as our points go?
0: I'm going to say one point for Jamie.
1: I think so what? as well, yeah. yes. Well, because she did say historical was something that happened in the past. Yeah,
0: she said yes. historical is something old. Anything that happened, that's old. Yes. That is
1: correct. Wow. wow. <laughs> ja- Jamie, would you, how do you feel accepting that point?
0: <laughs> I, I feels wrong, but I'll take it.
1: All right, <laughs> Helen, what does that mean our score is at the end of that round? At the
0: end of that round, Jamie Loftus has one point and Craig Shoemaker has zero points.
1: Right, but those scores are back. To change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Back Yourself. Say, Helen, where are we taping the show tonight?
0: We are taping at the Center for Inquiry. What you? is the
1: Center for Inquiry?
0: It's an educational nonprofit dedicated to science, reason, and the rights of free thinkers everywhere.
1: Where can you find them on the internet?
0: At centerforinquiry.org.
1: Thank you, Center for Inquiry.
0: Thank you, Center for Inquiry.
2: Hey, gang. Jesse here, the founder of Maximum Fun. And with me is Stacy Molsky, who is, among other things, the lady who responds to all of your tweets.
3: Hi, everyone. I also send you
2: newsletters. Uh, so anyway, something really awesome. You... Max Fun listeners have given us the chance to do something really cool on behalf of our entire community, and we wanted to tell you about
3: it. Last summer, following the Maxfund drive, we put all of the enamel pins on sale to $10 and up members, with proceeds going to the National CASA GAL Association
2: for Children. Your generous support and enthusiasm raised over $100,000. Our bookkeeper, Steph, would be quick to tell me the exact total is to be exact.
3: Your money will go toward pairing kids who've experienced abuse or neglect with court-appointed advocates or guardian ad litem volunteers.
2: In other words, kids in tough spots will have somebody in their corner. Knowledgeable grown-ups who are on their team through court dates and life upheavals and confusing situations, whatever.
3: The money we raise together is going to help a lot of kids.
2: Whether you bought pins or not, you can help us build on that $109,000 foundation. Make a donation to support National CASA GAL and help some of our nation's most vulnerable children at MaximumFun.org slash C-A-S-A. That's MaximumFun.org slash CASA. And seriously, thank you. Our community rules.
0: Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Jamie Loftus with one point and Craig Shoemaker with zero points. Oh. Once again, here's Jake Van <laughs> Thank you, Helen.
1: Craig, hang in there. You'll get a chance to get some points on the board. Uh, but first, Jamie, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Chuck E. Cheese, Zambonis, and Alfred Molina. So tell us a little bit more about each of those. First of all, you said you know a lot about Chuck E. Cheese.
3: I know a lot about Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, that's the one thing that I submitted that I actually feel confident about. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years ago... They announced that you no longer needed a child to go to Chuck E Cheese. <laughs> they altered the rules and I lived Wait, it really what
1: they really would keep out people if you did not come with what? a child. Yeah,
3: You need to check in with a kid because it's like a predator thing. Oh you yeah. It's, it's
1: like a dog park. Like there's no people without dogs, no dogs without people. There uh,
3: shouldn't be there shouldn't uh-oh. be lone adults at Chuck E Cheese like myself, but there can be now. Okay. And
2: so so good.
3: So good because they. Oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> Wait, you lived, heard this and you were like, "Yay!" I, lived, I was like, "I will, ri- I will write about it." I I pitched an article. And I was like, "What if I went to Chuck E. Cheese all day and I didn't leave?" And they were like. Yeah, sure. And so I went, and I stayed all day, and I didn't leave. And then I ended up talking to the guy who fixes the animatronics, and then he was telling me about the history of the company, and I got really interested in Wait, there's animatronics at Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, yeah, the whole band. Famously, very scary ones, yeah.
0: (laughs) I thought Chuck E. Cheese was just like a giant ball pit and pizza.
4: No. no.
1: Oh, Helen. What? No. Oh, yeah, Helen. There's a
4: mascot who's uh, a rat. Yeah. Yeah. Helen, of course, a rat there's now, a now,
1: roller skating not. rat at a children's <laughs> pizza establishment. What? Oh, yeah. And then also the the animatronic band.
3: The animatronic band, which is just discontinued a couple weeks ago. Oh, no, Helen, you must be
1: devastated no. now that you just learned it existed.
0: <laughs> now, now, I was going to go, but there's yeah. no more animatronics. They're gone. Yeah. they Why? Why are they gone? Because
1: uh, children
3: found them scary.
1: Mm. <laughs> So, what about. uh, It's true. Yeah, no, they're not wrong. Uh, What about Chuck E. Cheese do you think appeals to you?
3: Uh, I love uh, business drama, and I love uh, something that doesn't look like it would have deep lore that does. Ah. And Chuck E. Cheese has both of those in vast quantities. So, I love it.
1: All right, great. You uh,
4: I thought it was because you're really good at the claw
1: to <laughs> <laughs> so go get those dolls. <laughs> All right, great, Jamie. You also said you know a lot about zambonis.
3: Yes, I don't know if I actually know a lot about zambonis, but I'm very into the idea of zamboni. Wait, what's a zamboni? A Z- Well, uh, you can consult the tattoo on my shoulder blade uh, if you want. No, I have a I have a zamboni tattoo. I grew up with my dad is a hockey reporter, mm-hmm. and I very much do not care about hockey. And so when I would go to games with him when I was younger, I was always looking for something to be like excited about. And the Zamboni is the big machine that comes out on the ice in between hockey periods and smooths out the ice. It's like this big, gigantic, like you're like, it doesn't need to be this big. It's this huge truck that just kind of pee-pees out water. <laughs> Pee pee's out water. And it fixes the ice. And I was like, Dad, that's what I like about your job
1: and <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're like, Dad, I love the ice truck pee-pee. Right. Yeah. And he was like, cool, thanks for being, you know, passionate. And
1: uh, that was was a while ago. You're still into them now, though?
3: Still into them now. Got my tattoo last year. Uh, Have a little collection of Zamboni toys. It's just the dumbest car in existence. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that it exists.
1: Great. Uh, And then finally, you said you know a lot about Alfred Molina.
3: Well, Alfred Molina is an incredible, I feel, underrated actor who's been working on stage and screen since the 70s. He was Doc Ock in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie, (laughs) Spider-Man 2, Mm -hmm. and he was like one of my first crushes when I was little when I saw that movie. Doc Ock? I had a Doc Ock poster in my room for like seven years, yeah.
4: Helen, just imagine what he can do with all those arms. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine Doc Ock on a Zamboni. That would really do it for you, wow.
3: Uh, but he's also in Boogie Nights. He's in Chocolat, He's in. He's in a ton. He was just in Frozen too. Oh my gosh! Yeah,
0: he's, and he is. He's also in a very low-rated movie that I love called Species. Oh really? Where he has a sex scene with the, with the hot species girl. Incredible.
1: And uh, and you you keep up with Mr. Molina's career and goings I t- on?
3: I try to. I've already got tickets to his <laughs> one-man show in Pasadena in February. Wow! And I got him to come on my podcast last year. Oh my oh. goodness! You really, actually got to talk with him. Yeah. We We talked about Aaron Brockovich, he came on, it's not a movie he's in, (laughs) 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 he was just like ah, yeah, that's a feminist movie I like, so he came on and we talked
1: about it. That is awesome. Wow. So to summarize, you said you know a lot about Chuck E. Cheese, Zambonis, and Alfred Molina, today we want to quiz you about Zambonis!
2: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Oh, well, no. I should say you seem
1: a little worried, but uh, as yes. I was doing some more research on you, I found many references to Zamboni in your portfolio. Yes. You are known on the Daily Sidecast as the resident little Zamboni. Yes, that's a, the, a podcast that uh, Helen and I have each been on. You've done cartoons about Zambonis. Yeah, Boston PD Zamboni Crimes Division. Right. <laughs> and then, of course, you have this tattoo. Can we show off the I tattoo for tattoo, our uh, yeah. photographer?
6: Yeah.
1: Wait. Let's see if we can. All right, here we go. Where is it? Right oh there. my God! It Whoa! really
0: is. Oh, she really has a Zamboni, it's a Zamboni tattoo on her. Shoulder. <laughs> Wow, that is serious. Uh, Wait, ever... so is the is the singular a zamboni and multiple zambonis or zambonis? zambonis? Yeah, oh.
3: no, no tricks there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's probably what I like about them also. They're straightforward. They're and, straightforward. Uh, yeah. Have you ever gotten to ride on a zamboni?
0: No, I've been trying
3: for years. It's so hard. Yeah, it's so hard. You have to be famous mm-hmm. or an adorable child. And <laughs> I am neither of those things.
1: Hmm. seems to be that, that way for a lot of things in life, huh? I know. Yeah. It's not fair. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Zambonis to test your mastery in the subject with our expert-level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. Oh, no. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Okay. Craig, do listen closely, because if Jamie gets it wrong, you'll have a chance to steal. By the way, Craig, how much <laughs> do
4: you know about Zambonis? I know that they're slow, and I actually thought it was only men, male drivers I was going to say that. Is, is, it, is that the case? N- no. I've no. never seen a female Zamboni driver.
3: There's work to be done in the yes. Zamboni industry. Yes. <laughs> does, the,
4: does the Zamboni
1: pass the Bechdel test? Zamboni <laughs> representation Okay, is... we'll see what we can do with this. <laughs> All right, here's question be. number one for Jamie Loftus about Zambonis. Yeah. On January 1st, 1954, the Zamboni machine made its debut in what professional sports league?
3: Oh, would it have been the NHL?
1: Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. The National Hockey League. Uh, That machine in 1954 was in Boston for the Ice Capades, but it worked the ice before an NHL Bruins game, and the Bruins were so impressed, they ordered one for themselves. By the way, before the Zamboni was invented, ice surfaces had to be manually shoveled, and it could take a crew of three men more than an hour to complete. It now takes, with the Zamboni, about seven minutes. Yeah. So wow. good good progress. I mean, there.
3: it's incredible. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. All right, here's question number two. Zamboni is a brand name. What is the actual name for the Zamboni machine?
3: Uh, is it ice resurfacer?
1: Helen? That is correct. That is correct. An ice resurfacer or an ice resurfacing machine. Yeah. Fun fact, not only is the Zamboni a registered trademark, but so is the shape of the machine. Mm-hmm. Which, So I'm sure you got written permission before you got your tattoo. Oh,
3: I, yeah. I, I emailed with the family. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, also, <laughs> the machine is not a Zamboni. It is a Zamboni ice resurfacing machine. According to the company, quoting here, the name must be capitalized and should never even remotely be used in a generic sense. What? Never use Zamboni as a verb or in the plural, such as Zambonis. <laughs> Oops. Um, sure. <laughs> Question number three. When you Zamboni most Zambonis, there are two <laughs> steering type wheels. One actually is a steering wheel controlling the direction of the vehicle. Uh, what does the other one do?
3: Oh, I would
0: imagine it would control the brush,
1: but i You do have I'm a hint not. available if you'd like to use a hint. I would
0: like to use a hint. Helen, how about a hint? My Razor has one of these. Oh. My Razor has one of these. Mine has three. <gasps> Bl- oh, the blade.
1: Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. Oh, okay. It raises and lowers the blade. Okay. Okay. Excellent use of the hint. Makes sense. Question number four. You are three for three. Frank Zamboni, inventor of the Zamboni machine, has been inducted into many halls of fame, but in which one of these has he not been inducted? Is it the National Inventors Hall of Fame, the World Figure Skating Hall of Fame, the Hockey Hall of Fame, the U.S. Speed Skating Hall of Fame, or the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame?
3: Ooh. Mm, I'm, mm,
1: you do have another hint available. I don't know I if you want to know. save it for the next question or try it for this one. It's up to you.
3: My instinct is inventors because Zambonis are underrated. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to use my hint.
1: All right, Helen, how about that second and final hint? Yeah.
0: He has been inducted into the Inventors Hall of Fame. Wow. Okay, good hint. Uh,
3: <laughs> let's see. Okay, so that leaves hockey, speed skating,
1: Figure skating, figure skating and Italian-American sports.
3: Italian-American sports. sports. Mm-hmm. I will guess figure
1: skating. Helen?
0: That is not correct. No, no. I'm terribly sorry. Craig with a chance oh. to steal.
1: Speed skating. Helen? That is not correct. No, he is in that one. <laughs> Believe it or not, he is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, no. Isn't that incredible? That's he was, he's in the US wow. Hockey Hall of Fame, but not in the official Hall of Fame for the sport of hockey, which with is in Canada. Canadians? Well, yes. well, well,
0: now we know why the family's so uptight. <laughs> They're so mad.
1: I, I would be a little upset also. I think yeah. he's made a big contribution. All right, let's see if we can bounce back with question number five. Ooh, okay. We started this quiz by talking about the first team to buy a Zamboni machine, but in 1950, what Olympic gold medalist and movie star became the first person to buy a Zamboni?
3: No, okay. But... Okay, Craig has a guess. Craig that's thinks he knows pos- it. That's positive for mm-hmm. him. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I know so little about ice sports, which is why I, I pretend to be into Zambonis. Um, I, <laughs> I truly have no idea.
1: Want to just give a shout-out to a friend then? Uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to guess Alfred Molina. Was it him? Oh, wow. <laughs> Was it that him? would
1: be a turn. Helen, is it Alfred Molina? It is not. Oh, the one thing he can't do. Craig with a
0: chance to steal.
4: Sonia Henney? Helen?
0: That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> a successful yeah! steal from Craig. Wow. That is a tough one. How my, do you know
4: my, that? My day is done. I, have a, right. I well, have a one. I have a one. Please stick
1: around for a little How bit. But you no, know you will You will not know get shut out wow. tonight. Yes, Craig. Wow.
4: I, I have some brain left after having four <laughs> children, okay? So I,
1: uh, Sonia Henney, for those who don't know, won three gold medals in figure skating and starred in the movies, very thematically appropriate, Thin Ice, Iceland, and Wintertime. She was an <laughs> enormous movie star who also ice skated. Wow. All right, you still did quite well in that round, but now here's your expert-level question that requires mm-hmm. multiple answers. It um, is time for your cluster fact.
3: Okay. <laughs>
7: Oh, no.
1: We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Okay. Jamie, according to the Zamboni Company, when properly operated, a Zamboni machine works by performing four main tasks. Mm-hmm. For up to three points, name three of them.
3: Oh, okay. I'm not going to get the technical terms right, but it scrapes.
1: It scrapes, The right. ice. Mm-hmm.
3: I know that there's two different tanks and that there's hot water in one tank and there's colder water in mm-hmm. another tank. I believe that the hot water is dropped on the ice First, and then maybe the colder water is dropped on the ice over But for it. what
1: purpose? I think that's what we're getting. We're, we're, oh, we want the names oh. of the tasks. What are the, the tasks? The names of
3: the tasks are the ice is all gross, mm-hmm. right? Because people have been doing various things on it. Sure. And... <laughs> You're going to want to get all the skating patterns and all the blade marks. You're, you're filling right. them in, and you're creating a new smooth surface.
1: Okay, so something about uh, surface? I'm like,
3: gripping this so tightly. No, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you may be on the right track. We just need to know what is, it, what is the task called that involves maybe the, 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 the water and the... Bins and whatnot. Uh,
3: cold water, like resurfacing. Resurfacing
1: is another. Yeah, okay. resurfacing and then one more.
3: is a thing. Um, let, let Let's see. Uh, I don't. I have truly not even a guess of what the hot water does. Mm-hmm. I know it's there. It seems like it is anti what the point of the machine mm-hmm. is, but it is there. Um, well, maybe
1: what's something people do with hot water?
3: They you'd spill it. <laughs> They uh, what's something they do with how it they melt it melts the ice it melts the, melts ice. the ice okay so we're yes. gonna go with,
1: with uh, scraping scraping resurfacing, melting and resurfacing. And melting yes all right Helen First. is taking note of those answers we have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure in fact we have two Helen who do we have tonight
0: here with us tonight are two people who work with Zambonis the supervisor at the L.A. Kings practice facility and the director of ice quality and standards for the L.A. Kings it's Joe Keeler and Francois Martindale. Come on out here, gentlemen. Francois
1: and Joe. Hello, Francois. Hello, Joe. Nice to see you. They're both wearing their L.A. King's attire. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, Francois, why don't you say hello? Hi, how are you today? Uh, Very well. And Joe? Hello, how are you doing? Hello, excellent. Wonderful to have you here. You both are certified ice
7: technicians. Can you tell the people what that means exactly? It means that you know exactly what to do with a resurfacer, how to make ice, and how to maintain it and how long have you each been in the ice resurfacing business i've been in this business for 25 years now it's my 26th actually wow and uh, joe uh, i'm going on about 20 years wow. wow
1: so this is something that people stick to is oh, it's that, yes. a common thing that you meet people who have been doing this for a long time yes we do you
0: guys Excellent. know your ice
7: Yes. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, have to. <laughs> yeah. And you're,
0: and but you certified know your ice, like you took a test. Yes. yes. Yes.
7: Yes.
1: How long How long does it take to become uh, certified as an ice technician?
7: At least ten years. Wow. Uh, there's courses and classes mm-hmm. that that are given also. So yeah, are you, you can from use Canada. Yes, I am. Ah! <laughs> I'm actually French Canadian also, so my English is not perfect. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Well, for a long
1: time, for a long time, you worked for uh, the Canadian hockey team.
7: I worked for the Montreal Canadiens for 25 years. I am now my first year with the LA Kings. Wonderful. Wow. Yes. And uh, yes, absolutely. Thank you. And Joe, tell the people a little bit about the Toyota
1: Center, what happens there and how the Kings use it, and that, it, that it's open to the public as well.
5: It's the LA Kings official training facility, so they hold all their practices there. It's open to the public for figure skating, for public sessions. We have adult and kids hockey leagues going on all the time. Does taking care of a facility
1: like that where the public uh, gets to play, is that any uh, more challenging or different than, than working at the Staples Center, where the Kings play?
5: Yes, because at Staples, it is strictly hockey for the Kings. Mm-hmm. At Toyota Sports Performance Center, we are figure skating. We Mm -hmm. are hockey. We are adult hockey. We are kids hockey. Definitely a challenge Mm -hmm. to make sure that each surface is prepared properly Mm -hmm. for each event.
1: Interesting. And
5: do you in fact use pee pee water, as Jamie was suggesting?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, 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 they do. Oh, confirmation. Wasn't expecting that.
0: Knew it. Pee pee water is the best water. It is. It is. (laughs) Wait, like I, whenever I go like recreational ice skating. You know, I well. There'll be a moment where the zamboni actually comes out, and the ice is beautiful. And then, like literally 20 seconds later, the ice is just ruined again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Does so, that break your heart? Joe, Joe, Joe was starting to look a little sad just hearing Helen <laughs> describe that. <laughs>
5: Yeah, sometimes. I okay. mean, it's just they don't wait for it to be frozen like it should be. Ah. And when they jump on wet and they start skating, it just... Carves it up. Destroys it. Yeah. Oh.
7: Has more uh, no time to cure, actually. Interesting. It needs
5: time to cure. Yeah, it needs time to like, cure. Like bacon.
0: Yeah.
7: Uh, yeah, actually, if they, if they have at least 10 minutes after it resurfaced, it helps the ice just to dry and to make sure that it's skatable mm-hmm. or else there's all kinds of elements that comes like you don't want more snow, you don't want more bigger what. so... Oh. Uh, let's talk about what it's like to to operate a zamboni. Uh, when, when did you get to first operate a zamboni? Each of you. I started in nineteen ninety four, so I started my first one in the Montreal Forum in our old building in Montreal. So yeah. I started there actually. Yes. Okay, so you didn't get to do, do one as a kid. You you had to wait until you were certified and trained. I did not even know I was going to work in the hockey field. <laughs> oh, at really? All. It was yes. It was an ad in the Montreal paper that asked for a zamboni driver. You so would I, never even
1: considered it. You, you just know, answered an I ad. Did not. Wow. It, it was
7: like just out of the. And blue. then you
1: realized I'm Canadian. I got to go
7: do this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. how to skate, so like. Wait, you, know. you don't need you
0: need, you don't need to get take a driver's test in Zamboni to drive one.
7: Your certification, a uh, certified ice technician, it is a certification that you need to pass to be able to drive those. Actually, mm-hmm. every NHL driver is a uh, certified psych- ice technician. Yes. And Joe, how did you get your start driving the
1: Zamboni machine?
5: I was actually working for the Disney Company at the then Mighty Ducks mm-hmm. of Anaheim's training facility in Anaheim. And that was back in 96, walking around, and one of my supervisors says, hey, we want to train you on the machine. I said, great, fantastic, let's do it. And. So You're Jamie has had this dream one. to drive
1: a Zamboni machine for a long time. Both of you was just, eh, why not? Just, just, sort of, just sort of came along.
0: Wait, uh, what is this rumor that women are not allowed to drive yes.
7: them? Uh, actually, it's, it's wrong. Very it's very wrong. Uh, we've had uh, three or four Zamboni drivers that were ladies <gasps> in the NHL. They come and go. I don't see this like an interest for them. There's only like a few uh, are interested, but yes, there is or have had the opportunities are NHL. available yeah, uh, as well. For I sure. was
5: actually taught by uh, a female driver that drove for the NHL. She also went to the Olympics in '02 in Salt Lake. So Whoa. they are out there. Yeah, yeah. she was yes. legit. Pioneers. Absolutely. Uh,
1: how many Zamboni machines do the Kings own?
7: Uh, well, there's two at Staples mm-hmm. and three at the uh, TPSC. Wow. Yeah.
0: How much do they cost?
7: The electric machines go for 250 grand. Wow. Uh, the Those regular, are battery-powered, like, yes, like a Tesla. Yes, absolutely, something. totally yeah. uh, electric. And it's the like ones a Tesla
0: of key... Zamboni?
7: Mm-hmm. Sort of, yeah. 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 I think it might can, not go quite that. as fast as a Tesla. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it doesn't need to go as fast either. Sure. And the other ones are maybe 150 and 180 wow. uh, gasoline or propane. Well, yeah. shoot,
1: we could buy one. Oh, let's do it. Guys, you really ought to
7: contribute to the Max Fun Drive for the show uh,
1: this year. If you do, we're going to get a Zamboni, <laughs> Helen. Yes. You've done some uh, special events and
7: outdoor games uh, as well. Tell us about those. Yes, in parallel, working with an NHL team, I've been uh, doing a lot of outdoor games. I've got 20 under my belt right now, hmm. and I've done multiple events uh, ice related with the NHL. These outdoor games are amazing. They'll set up an actual ice rink like on Wrigley
1: Field, like on the field of Wrigley Field. They had one at Dodger Stadium, which doesn't seem like it would support uh, an ice uh, rink. Yeah, here.
7: Actually, actually, it's uh, every Every baseball or football yeah. stadium, we find one of those that are available, and we just build from scratch a, a rink and and dismantle everything after the four what? days. Um, Wait,
0: so you f- you build like a platform, then you pour a bunch of water in it, and you refrigerate it.
7: Well, it's a portable system, or refrigeration system, but it's simple as simple as that. Yes. Wow, Helen, you really nailed that right away. What? Yeah, <laughs> how about that. I
1: uh-huh. mean, I
0: know, you know, I know how ice is made. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've always said that about you. <laughs> Joe, when you're operating the machine, do you, ever, do you ever run into any kind of obstacles? Do you do – like I know in Detroit they throw octopuses on the uh, on the field. Do you ever, yeah, yeah. It's part of a tradition of hockey there. Are there things that can
5: mess up a Zamboni machine that, that make it break down while you're operating it? Yeah. I mean it's very similar to like a car. Mm-hmm. So you could – I mean I've seen there's chains that actually operate the – what we call our our auger system. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a chain come off and – the snow builds up underneath, and the machine gets stuck. Yeah. So it, uh, it's, it's, very co- it's a very complex system, but also a very simple system mm. in the same in aspect. The same and, Have uh,
0: you ever tried doing wheelies? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh,
1: now, I know at the, uh, at the Kings games, you do see a lot of people uh, who are civilians who get to ride along with the game. Is it really just, as Jamie was saying, for famous people and for kids? Who gets to ride the zamboni? Uh, at actually, king's game? it's
7: mostly the marketing people from the uh, Kings who choose who goes on the zamboni uh, game okay. after game. Uh, mostly kids, but I mean, there's all kinds of people that can have the opportunity to do that. Wait, uh, what?
0: Wait, so the kids not driving it themselves? You have, no, there's a there's side an seat. There's a side
7: seat okay. to it. Yeah, and yeah. they sit on the side seat, and the driver does. I his gotta thing. say, I would oh. I would go to a game to watch a kid
1: operate <laughs> one of those machines. I would just oh. love to see what happens. I would not like to be no, there. No, you would not like that. No. That would be maybe in your last day. You'll end. The kids Maybe, yeah. to take yeah. definitely be doing wheelies <clears throat> well, I understand that you've been authorized by the kings to make uh, an interesting offer to Jamie
7: yes if you ever want to draw or come and sit on the side seat of a Zamboni this year or next year it would be a pleasure to have Wait, you really? at the Staple
4: Center yes. oh my gosh, I would love that so It's a pleasure.
3: Oh, this is the best day ever. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I'm
0: so excited.
7: I don't even have a Zamboni tattoo, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel bad right now. I need we, to get <laughs> one. Uh, we
0: are making dreams come true here at Go Fact yeah. Yourself. Yeah.
1: It's our great pleasure. All right. Well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here. As far as our game is concerned, you heard the question that we asked of Jamie. Wanted to know, according to the Zamboni company, uh, what are three of the four main tasks that are performed by the Zamboni machine? Helen, what was the first answer that Jamie gave?
0: Jamie said scraping.
7: And gentlemen, well, it's actually shaving. Uh, so yes, I guess.
1: Yes, get you're going to give point. her a point. All right, yes. very good. Jamie got a point. I'll
6: take
7: it. All right, Helen, what was the second answer that Jamie gave us?
1: Jamie said melting. <laughs> is melting one of the tasks. It is not. No, <laughs> you, you both seem both personally both. offended by that <laughs> suggestion, Joe. Are you going to be okay? I'm going to be good. Okay, good. Yeah. Joe, do we need
0: a minute? You, yeah. you seem no. wounded.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I would think as an ice technician, melting would be your no, your, your thing. That is the nightmare from your situation. Mind. <laughs> yeah. All right, great. That's I'm sorry. That's the last no, thing we want to hear. Yeah, but no, no point there. Uh, and finally, what was the last answer that Jamie gave us?
0: Jamie said resurfacing. And
1: gentlemen, actually, it collects. Okay. But then the last part of the task is. Resurfacing. It's resurfacing. Yes. Okay. That's another Yay. point for Jamie. Very good.
3: Wait. So then, what is the hot water
7: for? It's for the resurfacing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, the okay. pee, the pee water. The pee pee water. water. <laughs> yes,
2: yes, <That's laughs> yes, yes. Got it.
1: Okay. Yes. Cool. And uh, the, the the fourth task that you didn't mention is washing. Is that what the cold water does? Yes. Right. Yes. No. Okay. Gentlemen, if people want to see your work or if they want to find more about what you do, where can they go? They can go to the Staples Center every time that the Kings are there for myself. <laughs> Excellent. I, will, I go to a few Kings games a year. I will never look at it the same way again. It's wonderful that you joined us. Well, come and jo- see us. We'd be happy to. Thanks again to Joe Killer and Francois Martindale. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At
0: the end of that round, Jamie Loftus has six points and Craig Shoemaker has one point with a round of questions coming up.
1: That's right, we're going to talk with Craig about a topic he knows about, plus later Jamie and Craig will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round all to find a winner on Go factor Yourself.
2: If you're looking for a new comedy podcast, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network? It won Best Comedy at the British Podcast Awards in 2017 and 2018. Also, I all. There were no horses in this country until the, the mid to late 60s. Specialist bovine arse vet. Both of his eyes are squid's eyes.
7: Yoghurt buffet. She was married to a bacon farmer who saved her life.
2: Farm-raised snow leopard. True. Download it today. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast from MaximumFun.org. Also, maybe start at episode one or, weirdly, episode 36, which for some reason requires no knowledge of the rest of the show.
0: Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Jamie Loftus with six points and Craig Shoemaker with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Straten. Thank
1: you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Craig Shoemaker, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about The Wizard of Oz, fatherhood, and fixing people. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about The Wizard of Oz. Well,
4: The Wizard of Oz, I have a theory on The Wizard of Oz that the reason it's lasted so many years, mm-hmm. which they predicted even in the, the, the film, they said this is going to last for generations, and it does. And the reason is it's because every, it's everyone's story. Mm-hmm. We all dream about a land far away, but then we run away from it, our home or whatever it is, Think that's our answer, and then our life goes into a tailspin. We end up in a, in a situation where people say, there's your success, there's your happiness, is just go follow the, the, the yellow brick road, mm-hmm. which is gold which is a uh, symbolism of uh, money and prop- prosperity, and then we're all made up of mind, body, and spirits, and that's the Scarecrow, Tim, Man, and Lion. It's the mind, the body, and the spirit, yes. They get there, and uh, it's all ha, 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 and a couple la das but it's not that, life is not that easy if you want to really have your journey fulfilled. You know, they say, surrender, Dorothy. You have to surrender some of your old ideas, and, hmm. and then you get picked apart by flying monkeys, and then together, they uh, were victorious. Through a very simple way. She was just helping. She was of service to her friend, and she was putting her friend out who was on fire with water. She didn't know that that would be the answer, and all the fears melted away. And fear is just false evidence appearing real. And it was all built up by this wizard who was a guy behind the curtain. And we all suffer from that in life. We follow these false idols. Our lightest, enlightened source comes down and says, "You've had the answers all along. You're, you're wearing them." And then, then the scarecrow comes in, just like I do. I should have thought of that for her. And uh, you can't. I'm shook right now. Yeah. I don't know if you. You, you can't guys. have anybody think your journey for you. You have to go through the journey. And uh, there is no place like home. And the home is where the heart is. And we need to go deeper within ourselves. And that's where the story's all about.
1: So in other words,
4: yeah. So in other words, you like the songs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. no. In no other words, the
0: munchkins. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Gotcha.
4: I, I have a fascination with it. Also, it was the one time my family bonded. Mm. It was every, you know, I told you I was fatherless. And yeah. uh, I felt like Dorothy my whole life. Was, uh, I always wanted something that was outside myself. Mm. And then I found out through this oh. that it's all within me. Is all existence comes from wow. within. Wow. That's very
1: lovely. I didn't mean to make light of your theory, but, you know.
4: Oh, you can make light of it. No. That's, what the, that's what the movie's about, too. Yeah. It's, that's what the story's about. It's about finding your light. That's I, what the good witch is. She's... I'm
1: the good witch, Helen.
4: <laughs> also, you said you know a lot about fatherhood. I do. I do. I have four children now, all different ages and sizes, and they all came out different. You know, one's adopted, so he certainly came out different, and the way he came to us was uh, amazing, and... Uh, I know a lot about fatherhood from going through it. I have a lot of experience in Wait, it. Wait, what are the
0: age ranges?
4: Uh, I've got uh, 21, 15, 10, and 5. Wow. wow. At my age, I have a 5-year-old. She's about two years out of diapers. I'm about two years from being in my own. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> my whole goal is that nobody says, is that your granddaughter? So I'm trying to Aww. <laughs> I'm trying to get in shape. I went, I went for my first run in years, about two blocks in. So pulls a carver and yells out, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I got in. I got in. Get in. <laughs> and then finally, you said I, I you know a lot road. about fixing people, fixing people. Well, like I said, I fixed up many marriages. And uh, my podcast is about that you come to me with some situation, mm-hmm. some obstacle in your life. And I try to help you manage through because I've so much experience in different things in life. So I'm trying to get a little out of the rescue version mm. of that. Well, because, I was going
1: to ask, because a lot of people, they hear, yeah. you know, the, oh, you can't fix somebody, you no. let someone be their own, but that's not exactly. you I like that's to the guide, guide them into Guiding a situation
4: people, okay. based on, you know, things that have happened with my life. I started as a rescuer. My mom, I try to fix her up with guys on television. Because I wanted her, I thought a father or a husband would make mm-hmm. her happy. So I wrote letters. There was a center square named Paul Lind. Oh, boy. He uh, on, 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 um, was Uncle Arthur on Bewitched. Yes. And I actually wrote him two letters to fix him up with my mother. Because I read an article in Parade Magazine. He was single. Now, I was a kid, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Now, he, he <laughs> I, is, I, I believe, know.
1: what they call a confirmed bachelor. Uh,
4: <laughs> yes. I actually wrote that. I said, yeah. maybe you'll unconfirm if you meet my mother. <laughs> That's a I, I, that so I, I put a photo in there of her belly How dancing old photo. You? I was like uh, seven, six or seven oh! years old. My dream was be the first father and son team on the Hollywood Squares. I was, I was always pictured, I'd like Craig and Paul Lynn for the win. Oh. And he'd go, take it, son. It's a sports question. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, dreams do come true in different packages. All right. Well, to
1: summarize, you said you know a lot about The Wizard of Oz, fatherhood, and fixing people. Today we're going to quiz you about The Wizard of Oz. Yes!
0: I was rooting for that one. Uh,
4: how many times would you say that you've seen the movie? i 'd say probably fifty to a hundred times wow that 's wow. a lot. Do you have a favorite scene or a favorite line uh, yeah i have, well there are a few favorite scenes, but um, I would say the whole thing boils down to i 'm really into friendships. I still have my mm-hmm. friends from grade school and kindergarten, and when she ends up and she sees them all at the end mm-hmm. that, that, that they were you know and she, how much love she really had for them, which she she dismissed because she was looking at a land far away but here 's mm-hmm. this this bond with these friends and that, to me, always brings a tear to me. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, have, you, have you done any research or reading about the
1: movie itself, how it was made, or anything like oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. I know, I know c- quite a bit
1: about All it. All right, great. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic with a three-part question. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of the five questions. Jamie, you can steal if he gets any of them wrong. How much do you know about The Wizard of Oz?
3: I know a fair amount. It was my favorite movie as a kid. Oh, so no. Like
1: a, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, (laughs) It's always nice to discover that someone shares your passion, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) All right. Well, it sounds like uh, Jamie's ready to pounce if you get any of these wrong. Let's see how you do. Here's question number one. A tornado hits Dorothy's home, which shouldn't be a surprise, as she lives in the U.S. state with the most tornadoes per square mile. Which one? Kansas. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. We like to start off easy. Well, okay. Thank you. Fun fact, Texas has the most tornadoes on average, but because it's much bigger than Kansas, Kansas has the most tornadoes per square mile by far. Question number two, what flower does the Wicked Witch conjure up to put Dorothy and the gang to sleep? Poppies make you sleep. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Poppies
4: make you sleepy.
1: Wow. <laughs> Wait, please feel free to do that with any answer we have tonight. I would love to hear more impressions. I'm, about, I'm serious. I want to
4: answer every one of them in a different character. I, yes! would, I would
1: enjoy that. All right, all right. Fun fact, to revive them, Glinda the Good Witch conjures up some magic snow. In real life, the snow was made of asbestos. Yeah, so really, who's the good witch and who's the bad witch? (laughs) Who's to say? All right, question number three. Frank Morgan played the title role of The Wizard of Oz, and he also played many other roles, but which of the following did he not play in the movie? Was it Professor Marvel in Kansas, the gatekeeper of the Emerald City, the carriage driver with the horse of a different color, the head of the wash-and-brush-up company, or the doorman at the wizard's chamber? The
4: brush... Was it? Would you say? That the, the, the head of the Wash and Brush-Up Company. The Wash and Brush-Up Company. Ellen?
0: That is correct. That is correct. Yes, yes, okay. Very good.
4: And, and the lo- original, by the way, the original wizard was supposed to be W.C. Fields. Interesting. Can I throw these little trivia things? Please do, Yeah. And, I, guess, oh, okay. and I, love the, I
1: love the character voice that you did for that answer as well.
4: <laughs> oh, shucks.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're three for three, Craig. Here's question. You humbled me. Oh, boy. <laughs> Craig, you're three for three. Here's question number four. Which song in the movie features a famous quote from a Shakespeare play?
4: oh geez! you uh, do have a
1: hint available if you'd like to use the hint oh this one i'm going to use a hint
4: helen how about that first hint
0: it's the second of the if i only had a songs
4: oh yes of course uh, if i only had a heart by by the, the the tin man and he says um from a balcony Yeah that's, that's exactly right he says uh, i'm i you don't want me to sing the whole All right, song very good. okay helen that is correct, that that is yes,
1: correct. yes yes uh, fun fact, the line, Wherefore, Out Thou, Romeo, is sung in that song by a disembodied voice supplied by Adriana Casalotti, who also provide the voice for Disney's Snow White. Mm-hmm. Is that something you knew, you knew about, Jamie? I knew that, yeah. You knew that, all right. You have a chance to go five for five, Craig, if you can get this question correct. When Glinda the Good Witch sings, Come Out, Come Out, Wherever You Are, the munchkins are seen emerging from their various hiding places. But only one member of the Lollipop Guild has a close-up coming out of hiding. What was his
4: hiding place? Mm. I still have one hint. You do left, have one right? hint. You'd like to use that second hint? Yeah, I think I know what it is, but go. what's the hint? Helen, how about that second hint?
1: Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> below, 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 yo-ho.
4: Be- <laughs> below, below, He comes out from um, from underground.
1: Uh, I think we need to be a little more specific, Helen, don't we? Mm.
4: A little more specific, please. Oh, geez. Uh, I just picture him coming out from, like, uh, from underground under a... I guess it was under a mushroom or or a or a plant,
1: Helen was he under a mushroom or a plant?
3: He was not no, I'm
1: terribly sorry, can't accept that Jamie the chance to steal
3: oh no, was he in like a like a little like an animal hole, like a little gopher hole or something? Was he
1: in a gopher hole, Helen? <laughs> no, nope. No, no, but that would have been very adorable, been very very cute. No. Uh no, he was he came out of a manhole or from the
4: sewer. He came out of that. Oh, was, yes. So he lived in poop uh, basically. Okay. So well, in a way a, we I, all do. I just never imagined that they would do that, but <laughs> yes. <yeah>. yes. There's <laughs> no, another he, trivia for you. He was though. not
1: covered in poop, I just want to be clear. Did you, did, <laughs> he was he was not a member of the Lolly Poop Guild. <laughs> <laughs> Did I set you up on. <laughs> you our... very much did. I a appreciate. Genius, folks. Don't think I don't He's Quick on his. What's, rear your, end? what's your fun fact you want
4: to add? Uh, the witch was came up from underground, if you remember, mm-hmm. and she was burnt, uh, severely burnt when she came up. Uh, they, she caught on fire when all the smoke comes up when she first arrived. Like the actress? Yeah. Was yes, the was actress. Burnt. Yes, she Woo! was. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: Craig you did very well in that round, but here now is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. <laughs> we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The Wizard of Oz took home three Oscars, but it was nominated for four others that it did not win. For up to three points, what are three of those four categories for which it received nominations but did
4: not win an Oscar? Uh, best Picture. Okay. Best Actress. hmm And Best Original Score. All right. Said
1: very confidently, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell it for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight?
0: Here with us tonight is a novelist, journalist, and film historian whose book *The Making of the Wizard of Oz* has been called one of the best books ever written about film. It's
1: Al Jean Harmetz. Al Jean Wow, wow. out here, ma'am. Nice to see you. Wow, awesome. Hello. Hello, Ms. Harmitz. So wonderful for you to thank you for joining us.
6: If you don't mind, can I go back a little bit? Absolutely, to please. Zambonis. Oh. You want to talk
1: about Zambonis? Yes,
2: please.
6: I did not see that coming. I was never into big Zambonis, but mm-hmm. I was into a very small one, about seven pounds. How do you My- mean? My next door neighbors are wild about the Kings. Uh huh. Watch every game, go to every game, put up flags when they won, and they named their small dog Zamboni. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jamie, you're just making friends all over the place. That so great. That's great. So, we'll talk about your Wizard of Oz book uh, in, in a little while, but uh, you also are known for writing some other books about film. You wrote a great one about Gone with the Wind, you wrote another one about Casablanca. Uh, in fact, I believe you said that those are better than the, than the Wizard of Oz book.
6: <laughs> the Casablanca book is. Yes. The uh, Gone with the Wind book is not. It was. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's nice that you can can
1: be frankly uh, evaluative of your (laughs) own work.
6: Well, it's something I've never done before or since. Mm -hmm. Danny Selznick, the son of David O. Selznick, uh, came to me and asked me to actually do the text for a a, uh, coffee table book Mm -hmm. on Gone with the Wind. I see. And so I did.
1: (laughs) Uh, How do you approach writing a book about a movie? Research. <laughs> did you enjoy that hunt? I, I, I remember I doing. did. A, yeah, I, I love I, research. Yeah, it's fun. I, I remember, yeah. uh, you kids probably won't remember, but, the, but there was a time before this internet of yours, and uh, it, it's kind of fun going into a library, going into the exactly. microfilm, and, and finding something that's uh, that just buried there waiting to be discovered, isn't it?
6: Yeah, found out really interesting things, including in the uh, archives of the Second World War, The fact that Daryl Zanuck, who ran Fox, Mm -hmm. sent a letter to the person who was recruiting, said that he should not allow Clark Gable... To get a commission, because if you took Clark Gable away, the industry was going to collapse.
4: <laughs> wow. Gable was in a movie that was actually the movie that beat The Wizard of Oz, that won all of the Oscars, the first one to sweep the Oscars. It was called It Happened One Night. Mm-hmm. First film of its kind that ever won Best Picture, Director, Actor, actress, and so on.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
1: Ms. Harmas, I also want to ask you, uh, you were the Hollywood correspondent for the New York Times from 1978 to 1990. Right. What was Hollywood like back then?
6: It was just turning from the creators, mm-hmm. these wonderful people who had this idea and started with the Nickelodeons and, and created this, or the studios into something a lot more industrial. Mm.
0: Was there a lot of cocaine, like as much as they said? <laughs> yeah, I wrote about that in it,
6: the New York Times.
1: Yeah. Wow! So the way, it, was just an, it wasn't just—it was even a secret. It was just something that people did all over
6: the place. Well, uh, they weren't happy I wrote about it. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a secret, and then you wrote about it. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about uh, th- this book that you wrote called The Making of the Wizard of Oz. Uh, to many people, it's the definitive text about, about the movie. If, if, if there's any stories that people know from that movie, it, it came from the book. It came out in 1977. It has never been out of print. <gasps> Correct. That is quite an accomplishment. Wow. Uh, and, and it's the,
6: had five publishers. Five publishers. Wow. wow. Congratulations.
1: And now you had a, a longtime connection with MGM. Tell us about that when you were
6: growing up. My mother worked at MGM. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was working at the studio when they made *The Wizard of Oz*. And uh, what was she doing there? She was in the wardrobe department.
0: What did she get to touch the ruby slippers? Probably. <laughs> yes.
1: Were you able to interview everybody else?
6: I interviewed uh, everybody, uh, everybody but the people who were dead. Wow! And so that meant that uh, Ray Bolger. Mm-hmm who was an enormous extrovert Mm -hmm. whom I interviewed in his Beverly Hills house, um, uh, insisted on dancing (laughs) (laughs) in front of me in his living room. Oh, that's wonderful. Wow. Tell
1: us about Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch. You got to interview her and then I understand became friends.
6: Yeah. I met her when she was doing the Hermione Gingold role in A Little Night Music. Mm -hmm. She was at the theater down the street essentially in the century city mm-hmm. and i would pick her up at midnight after the play was over and she would sit at my kitchen table for a couple of hours while we talked about uh, the movie wow another thing about her was when i did a panel and was the moderator at the, the- academy mm-hmm. of motion picture arts and sciences as she came up uh, she whispered please don't let me sit next to ray Bolger. Oh, No, <laughs> because the reason being yeah. that he answered everybody's questions ah, there's that extrovert and she was yeah. not going to be allowed to answer her own <laughs> question. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's right.
1: I could ask you about this movie all night. Uh, we Seriously. Do to move on. I, but let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Craig. We wanted to know what are three of the Oscars that Wizard of Oz was nominated for but didn't win. Helen, what was the first answer that Craig gave us?
0: Craig said best picture.
1: And uh, Ms. Harmet? Yes. Correct. That's good. That's a point for Craig. That's right. In fact, the winner of that was the subject of your, another of your books was <laughs> Gone with the Wind, one for Best Picture, didn't it? <laughs> yes. All right, uh, Helen, what was the second answer that Craig gave us?
0: Craig said Best Actress.
1: Al Jean? No. No, I'm terribly sorry. That was not one of them. Judy Garland did receive a juvenile Oscar for her role, but that was not uh, one that uh, was not a competitive category. uh,
4: Yes. Okay, she would have had to have been nominated. Exactly, yes. So she was not nominated for that. A Uh, juvenile
1: Oscar. A juvenile Oscar, yes. She's the
4: first one to win
1: that. Yes, Yes, right. Uh, All right, and Helen, what was the third answer that Craig gave?
6: Craig said, best original score. And Ms. Harmetz? Actually... The movie won Best Original Score.
1: Ah, so it it did not lose that one. So I'm sorry, no point there. Uh, Yes, that's right. It won for Best Song and Best Score. And again, Judy Garland got that Juvenile Oscar. Uh, So it did not win Best Picture, as you mentioned, Best Art Direction, and Best Special Effects. And then what was the other one that uh, I was not familiar with?
6: What uh, happened was that 1939 was the very first year where they had a competitive Oscar for color films they divided Ah. black and white and color and it again lost to gone with the wind oh that
1: lousy gone with the wind always Mm. competing is there anything quickly you'd like to ask of miss harmitz or say while she's here
4: so when you got to know margaret hamilton who played the witch uh, she was very kind and did she ever talk about that she was not the original cast it was sondergaard right was the original
6: right the producers uh, he had had gail sondergaard in another movie over at Right to Warner Brothers, you know, and uh, better heads (laughs) prevail. Indeed,
1: it's always as interesting all the different things that could have happened, and yet everything that was supposed to happen seemed to worked out wonderful. Well, there's all these stories and many more in your book, which is uh, still in print, available wherever people get books. It's an absolute honor and joy that uh, we got to spend time with you, ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Al Jean Harmetz.
0: (laughs) Wonderful, thank you.
1: Helen, what are those scores we go into the final round?
0: It is a tie, J.P. Whoa,
1: what Jamie. a comeback for Craig. Jamie
0: Loftus has six points, and Craig Shoemaker has six points.
1: All right, but now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Jamie and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Oh. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Yeah. Here we begin. Okay. Jamie, you need a special license to drive a semi-truck. True. Correct. Craig, drivers of semi-trucks often use CB radios. True. Correct. Jamie, there was a movie about semi-truck drivers using CB radio starring Chuck Norris. True. Correct. Craig, in the movie, Chuck Norris played a truck driver who happens to know karate.
4: False.
0: Incorrect. No, he really did.
1: Jamie, in the movie, Chuck Norris uses karate to beat up two drug dealers.
0: True. Incorrect. No,
1: Craig, in the movie, Chuck Norris uses karate to beat up two bank robbers. True. Incorrect. Jamie, in the movie, Chuck Norris uses karate to beat up two cops. True. Correct. That's how you use karate. <laughs> Craig, the movie features a semi-truck crashing through a barn. True.
2: Correct.
1: Jamie, the movie features a semi-truck crashing through a gas station. True. Correct. Craig, the movie features a semi-truck crashing through a helicopter. False. Incorrect. No, it really does. <laughs> Jamie, in fact, the movie is called Truck versus Helicopter. Uh, ooh, ooh. False. Correct. Craig, in fact, the movie is called Go Truck Yourself. (laughs) False. Correct. We're not going to count those last two. Let's give a nice hand to both of our guests. As Helen tabulates the final score. By the way, the movie is called Breaker Breaker. Breaker. I believe, Al Jean, that could be your next book. A book about the Chuck Norris semi-truck vehicle Breaker Breaker. It's up Helen, there with are you Casablanca. ready to announce the final score?
0: I am at the end of the game. Jamie Loftus has 10 points, and Craig Shoemaker has 8 points. Congratulations, oh. Jamie.
1: You are the factoring oh. champion. What will you do with your championship?
0: Oh, I'm going to go ride
3: a Zamboni. Yes, you are. Yay! How exciting. Yay!
1: That just leaves us to give the opportunity for anyone on the panel to promote any upcoming products, appearances, services, or website. Jamie, where can people find you?
3: Uh, you can listen to my podcast, The Bechdel Cast, every week. Uh, it's a feminist movie podcast covering all sorts of movies. And uh, I'm touring my show, Boss Who is Girl, in uh, Philadelphia and New York in February.
1: Thanks so much for joining us, Jamie Loftus. Yay! Hey! Craig Shoemaker, lovely to share the stage with you again. What do you have going on and where can people find you?
4: I have so many things going on, so just go to craigshoemaker.com. By the way, it's Shoemaker, not Mocker. It drives me nuts. All right. You make shoes, you don't mock shoes unless they're (laughs) crocs, those you can mock. (laughs) Those you can mock. It's wonderful. You know what the holes are for? So your self esteem could slip out.
1: (laughs) Greg Shoemaker, ladies and gentlemen, it's wonderful to have you here. You lucky, lucky people have had, as your co-host, my hosting partner, the very talented and lovely Miss Helen Hong. Yay!
0: You can find my performance calendar at HelenHong.com. You can follow me on the socials at funny Helen Hong. because some other girl has at Helen Hong.
1: But it's nice that she's no longer a biatch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm,
0: trying to, I'm trying to turn a new leaf.
2: 2020, leaf. it's yeah. happening, everybody. <laughs> Helen Hong
1: uh, and me. You can find me on uh, Twitter at J underscore Keith, on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Jamie Loftus, Craig Shoemaker, Francois Martindale, Joe Keeler, Al Jean Harmetz. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and update our wiki at gofactorwiki.fandom.com, and buy one of our T-shaped shirts at maxfunstore.com. <laughs> I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like LegoJJ0223 did. He, she, or they said, yeet. Wow. Thanks, LegoJJ0223, I assume. Helen? Yeet. Indeed.
0: Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and Jakey Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Carl Sagan and Andrean Theatre at the Center for Inquiry in Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Stephen Colon is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Sarah Rodenbaugh, Casey Murtaugh, Mark Johnson, Ryan Long, Elizabeth Harmetz, Paula Cooney at the Zamboni Company, Jeff Molar with the Los Angeles Kings, Steve Van Berkelar, Oliver Vockhair from the Angel on Vine podcast, Brandon Hawks, Michael the Priz, Boski at Priz Sound Company, Jim Underdown, Alice Pine, Spencer Marks, and everyone here at the Center for Inquiry. Mike Ivaianos, Carol Davis, Adam Neediff, Dave Bianchi, Eric Tran. It's Erich. He literally came here tonight yeah. to come up to me and say, Helen, it's Erich.
6: Why
1: wouldn't he tell us that weeks ago? We've been pronouncing his name wrong the whole time.
0: That is tragic. <laughs> Erich Tran and Christine Velada. I've been Helen Hong! Let's go ride Zambonis!
1: Hey everybody, it's Jake Heath. Make sure to catch the next episode of Go Factor Yourself with our guest, YouTube star, Ali Spagnola. I'd actually just written the song and someone that worked at Google reached out to me and said, we want to put this on all our phones because it's a cute song about
0: robots. And I was like, absolutely, of course. What? Nuts and bolts, circuits and wires is how the song opens. Except that when you answer your phone, the song would go nuts and then
3: you'd answer your phone.
0: <laughs> so like millions of people have just heard me say the word Nuts.
1: And from the dollop, comedian Gareth Reynolds. George Washington, the idea that like we were like, hey, he had wooden teeth. It's like, no, his mouth was a hall of nightmares. He had like (laughs) like his his mouth was just like horse teeth and human teeth kind of like bridged together with twine.
0: I'm just trying to imagine like this he's this great statesman, he's the father of our country. He's giving speeches at Constitution Hall (laughs) and his teeth are jacked.
1: Yeah, and the whole time that's why so many people showed up. They were like, You gotta see this dude's mouth. This dude's (laughs) mouth. That's Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday here at Maximum
7: Fun.
5: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
1: Audience supported.